Today's guest is Sierra Brooks, a gymnast at the University of Michigan and a member of the 2021 NCAA championship winning squad. Sierra was also named 2022 Big Ten Gymnast of the Year and holds 13 All-American awards. In this episode, Sierra shares what her transition from high school to college looked like in terms of shifting from an individual mindset to a team mindset. When you come in as a freshman, it is intimidating, but every single person on your team has had those same exact questions. Sierra also emphasizes the importance of building a healthy team dynamic. Once you really buy into the mindset that you're doing things as a, as a team, you're more successful. By focusing on relationships with teammates and coaches, we as athletes can build our support networks, which improve every athlete inside and outside of sport. Finally, Sierra talks about the importance of people we surround ourselves with. Don't undervalue how important your environment is because it just, it goes a long way. And if you can help cultivate that environment for other people, it's gonna help them a lot if they just have that comfort, just like it's gonna help you. We learn just how incredible of a leader Sierra is in the gym. And we talk about how her strengths as an athlete translate to the professional world. Her love of learning is evident in all that she does. She shares with us how to navigate finding internships and the new world of NIL. I loved speaking with Sierra because she encourages us all to strive for excellence in our sport, while also emphasizing how important it is for us as student athletes to pursue interests and careers. Before we get started, if you love this episode and this podcast, please support us by giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Sierra, welcome to the Voice in Sport podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, you are originally from the suburbs of Chicago, but you now call yourself a Nashville, Tennessee as your home. That's where your parents and their family are. So can you share with us what it was like to grow up and when did you get started in gymnastics? Yeah, so I had a great experience growing up. So I'd say I kind of went through the levels of gymnastics pretty fast. So I ended up skipping level five and I think level eight. So it's okay if you don't really understand the levels, but basically level 10 is like the main level that collegiate programs recruit from. So I got to level 10 right around sixth grade. I think that was my first year of level 10. And then unless you're going like the elite route, which is kind of the Olympics and just competing in world competitions, you pretty much just stay at level 10. And personally, from a young age, I had decided that I wanted to do collegiate gymnastics and I didn't necessarily want to go that elite track. So once I hit level 10, that was pretty much what I did for the rest of my middle school and high school career. But yeah, after hitting level 10 in sixth grade, basically collegiate gymnastics recruiting was super, super early around the time that I was getting recruited. Like I started getting letters in the mail come like sixth and seventh grade from various colleges. It was just super, super fast, but it was also just the precedent and I knew that was going to happen. So it wasn't like very irregular to my situation. It was just, if you're doing really well and you're at level 10, you're kind of at that young prime age and you're competing well, colleges are going to come. So that was my experience there. Letters started coming in. And then what you do from there is you start to kind of have those conversations with college coaches, whether that be like on the phone with them or like through your coach, it kind of depended on your age and certain NCAA requirements that they have. But I basically ended up talking to Michigan and what ended up happening actually is I was like on TV watching gymnastics once and it was Michigan was competing and I was like, oh, cool. Like I'll look into this school. And since I was little, I've always loved education. and I love school, like more so than my sport. Like I just like, I love sitting in the classroom. I love like just learning for fun. Like I consider it one of my hobbies. So I definitely wanted to go to a school that 
was strong academically. And then from there, it'd be also super cool to do gymnastics on top of it. So once I looked it up, I was like, okay, wait, Michigan's like a really good school academically and athletically. Like, it'd be so cool if I got to go there. And it really was just like the stars aligned. They liked my gymnastics and like my, I don't know, my, uh, my academic successes too. And it just ended up being a good fit. And then from there, I took an unofficial visit come like the summer-ish before freshman year. And then I ended up committing to Michigan in October of my freshman year. So I only took one unofficial visit, which is kind of uncommon. I think a lot of people tend to like see as much as they can and which is something that I also like recommend. It's good to see what's out there. And I think you can limit yourself by only going to one school, but I was pretty confident that it was the right fit for me. And like to this day, I have no regrets. I think it was the perfect school for me to go to. What about for the young women out there that might feel like they have pressure to like make a decision that early? And obviously every sport is a little different, like you said, with the recruitment process. But what advice would you have to young girls that are trying to decide what school to go to and and yeah. then they feel pressure to make a decision? Yeah, it's a really good question because I think I hear that a lot from younger gymnasts and just younger athletes in general. I think the first thing you need to do is separate what other people want from you or for you from what you want for yourself. I think there's pressure from parents, there's pressure from coaches and teammates. And like, there's outsiders who are like, oh, I've heard about this school, like you're good enough to go to this school. And it can just be a lot. Like when you have too many opinions coming at you, it can just leave you super overwhelmed. So I would suggest just writing down, like what are the main factors that you prioritize when you're looking at a school? Like, is it the relationship with coaches? Is it academics before athletics? Is it the resources that they have? Is it location? So all those things are super important and really just keying in on those items will help the process kind of start to be more simplified. And then you'll kind of know which next steps to make from there, but definitely figure out what you want more so than what other people want for you. Yeah. How do you do that? If like you have everybody whispering in your ear, your coaches, your parents, Mm -hmm. you know, like how do you find (laughs) that inner voice and make sure you're listening Mm -hmm. to that? Yeah. I think a big thing for me is just confidence. Like my entire life, my parents have always told me like, be confident and there's no reason for you not to be confident. So I think it gets better with age, but really just trust yourself. I think that's something that any young athlete should learn how to do, like trust your training, trust kind of how you feel about something. Like if you have a gut feeling, you're probably right. And just really learn to do what kind of the back of your mind is telling you to do. So when you do have these people coming and whispering to you, like, you can acknowledge what they're saying, but also come back and be like, okay, yes, like I hear what you're saying, but like, I know that I'm probably someone to perform best in this situation under this coaching, probably closer to this school than what you're telling me about this school. So just be very clear with what you want, but also like, obviously don't shut doors, take in what people have to say, but really just trust yourself and remain confident. Try not to be swayed too easily. Such good advice. Okay, well, we know that you were set to graduate in 2020 from high school, but you actually graduated a year early. Can you share with us how you graduated early and what your motivations were at that point in your life? Mm Because why rush it? (laughs) Yeah, it's actually funny because I talk to my dad about this all the time. Because I committed so early to college, like in my high school career, I think it kind of had me in this mindset where I was like, oh, I'm so eager to get to Michigan. Like, I'm looking forward to it. I know all the girls there. And I'm like, it was just honestly so exciting to think about that I kind of, in a sense, like rushed my high school career. And I don't know if that's like a good or a bad thing. I think I was someone who wasn't able to go to all the football games because I had practice and I didn't necessarily have like that huge high school friend group because once again, I was leaving early to go to practice and more of my community 
was with gymnastics and more of my identity was with gymnastics than like my own high school. So basically what ended up happening was since I'm someone who likes learning, I ended up just taking like online summer classes almost every summer. Like I do best when I'm busy. Why not take like this online accounting class if I can take it? And then it was just coincidentally that come around, it was like February of 2019, I was on the phone with with one of my college coaches who helped recruit me. And he was just talking about like the potential of me coming early, like coming a year early. And it was kind of new. This was something that he had planted this seed like maybe a couple weeks earlier, but I had like laughed it off because I was just like, oh, like he wants me to get there. And like, (laughs) I want to be there too, but I still obviously like don't graduate till 2020. And what ended up happening was they basically had a scholarship that opened up because of something that happened with a recruit who was in the class above me. And what he did is like, he called me and was like, okay, we do truly like have this opportunity where you can come early if you want to. And we looked into it and I did have enough credits to graduate. And my school district was one of those districts that allowed you to graduate early because it really just does depend. And it was kind of a perfect combination of things that allowed me to graduate early. I ended up having the conversation with my parents where I was crying and stressed for probably like two to three days because I had like a week to figure out if I was going to stay or if I was going to graduate early. And when looking at those pros and cons, I wasn't someone, like I said, who enjoyed high school and I was really excited to go to Michigan. I felt like I was mature enough to go to Michigan. It was just more of the fact that like, oh wait, I'd be leaving my family maybe like six months, not even six months, six months from now and like over a year before what I had mentally planned for. And then in addition, like you don't get to go to prom, you don't get to walk across the stage at graduation with the friends that you've known since kindergarten. And you also don't get like another JO nationals. So like the club version of nationals. And those had a lot of weight for me, but I think it just came down to the fact that I felt ready to go to Michigan and that was the decision that we made and we just really went with it. And I'm super excited and happy that I did end up graduating early because I think I learned a lot. I grew a lot and I, and now, you know, hindsight's 2020, the COVID pandemic did come and I would have never had prom or been able to have another nationals or walk across the stage at graduation. So I think it was a decision that definitely worked out for me and it just taught me that you can't plan out everything. Like I love being someone who has every single thing planned out and like I know when I'm doing this. So like when I was given the opportunity to graduate early, that obviously had me like I was a wreck because I was so overwhelmed with the fact that this like perfectly planned out next two years was potentially going to be disrupted. But yeah, it just taught me that things do work out. And if you're given a good opportunity, don't be hesitant to take it because you don't know everything about it. Yeah. Well, and like you said, like really try to tap into that inner voice and like, what is it that you want to do? And it, and it's hard when you have like lots of things going on outside your life too, outside of your sport. And it's something we're going to talk about today, like your identity out of sport and what it, what it really means to make sure you're tapping into both, right? Your sport mm-hmm. self and your, your outside of sport self, because it's so important to do both. But I first want to talk about that transition to college for you, because, you know, like many of us, we, we move from high school sports to college sports and there is a lot to take on in that time. Yeah. A lot of the girls at the voice and sport community are either about to do that or they just did it or they did it two years ago and they wish they could try to do it a little differently. (laughs) So I want to unpack your transition because, and you know, in the sport of gymnastics, you're really going into a team situation when you get to college. So what was that transition like for you when you moved from high school to college and what, I guess, tips do you have for the other girls that are about to do it? Yeah, I really enjoyed the transition from high school to college. And I think 
one of the things that made it very easy for me was the fact that because recruiting was so early, I basically knew over half of the girls that I was going to be on the team with for over a couple of years before I even got there. So you come in, you kind of already have friends. And obviously this changes depending on the sport that you're in, like when like NCAA rules have changed now where athletes aren't even committing that early anymore. So you might not necessarily have that sense of community immediately. But what I do suggest is kind of regardless of if you have known people or you're going to meet them, really get to know your teammates and lean on them because it's super cool to come in as a student athlete in college and just already have like this built in foundation and community of people. You find that like other people come in and they're like, okay, I literally know my roommate and we just met yesterday and I don't know all the resources. I don't know what to go to for this and that. But when you come in with a team, you have people who have been there for two to three years already, or you've seniors or you have fifth years and they have so much expertise and knowledge that they're really great to lean on. So when you come in as a freshman, it is intimidating, but every single person on your team who's older than, older than you has had those same exact questions. So don't ever be afraid to reach out to teammates. And the same goes with coaches and just the resources that have been made available to you because they help so, so much. But just going back to my transition, I'd say it was a phenomenal transition because of the fact that I met so many people and you kind of, like you just said, like gymnastics is a very individual sport up until college. So coming in and having that team atmosphere was super exciting for me because it just, it taught me a lot too. Like I got to finally be on a team where I'm with like 15 other girls and everyone is just as hardworking as me. Everyone is just as determined and everyone wants us to be like a super competitive, amazing team. And in club, it's a little bit different because not everyone has the same end goal, but you come in as a student athlete and everyone has a goal. They want your team to be as good as it can be while getting an education and that's something that's super, super amazing. So definitely suggest just really leaning on your teammates and just taking in the learning experience because you're going to learn a lot just from the people around you because they have experiences that you don't. And I'd also just say like go in with an open mind, be excited about college. I have learned so much like every single year of college and I don't think you believe it till you're like done with freshman year because you finish freshman year and you're like, oh my God, like I learned so much this past year. There were so many different issues or problems that came up that I like tackled pretty quickly and it felt like the end of the world at the time and then next thing you know I feel so much older and I have so much more perspective so yeah like I said just really use that community and just go in being excited to learn because you're going to learn no matter what happens. Well, fostering like a supportive and competitive team dynamic is so important, right? Like you want to do both. And so it really obviously depends a lot on your teammates. It depends a lot on your coach and the environment that he or she creates. So for you, like it sounds like you had this really great balance of like everybody supported each other, yet everybody was super competitive. So how do you keep the right balance there and like – what because obviously I mean it's hard yeah. right you're you you're, yeah. are, you are kind of there in your spot and you want to try to keep your spot and so oftentimes I feel like athletes have this you know mentality of like I'm going to compete with my teammates so how yes. do we how do you I guess create like a healthy environment in that way and like did your coaches do things or did your teammates do specific activities or you know team building yeah. things that created a great community right I think that's a really, really good point to bring up because something that I've noticed kind of after my freshman year, after more so seeing other freshmen come in, is like the adjustment from being individually competitive to like competing as a team is something that comes differently to every person. Some people kind of just like swoop right in. They are there for the team. 
no matter what they want what's best for the team and then you have other people who come in and they're like okay wait like I competed individually my entire life like I want to do as good as I can do and yes I'm on this team but like they're still just a little bit more hesitant and I think what really is the best I think the best way to kind of balance those two like the competitiveness but also being really compassionate and close as a team is prioritizing the relationships within the team so like over my going on fourth year at the school we've had different teams where like say like my freshman year we weren't as close so then you might have had more people who kind of felt like they had to compete against one another but my sophomore and junior year we have been as tight as can be and it's kind of it just is hard for us to come up and like want to compete against someone else I think we get super excited to compete as a team against other schools like we get truly excited like in the locker room or during a competition because we know like we're all building off of one another. Like one of my teammates will go hit a basically perfect routine. I'm going and it's not like, oh gosh, like I have to beat her score. It's like, no, let me keep the momentum so we can go like crush this other team by like over a point or go get another school record. And I think once you really buy into the mindset that you're doing things as as a team, you're more successful individually, but also as a team. So it's kind of something that it has to click and it takes some people some time for it to click. But once it clicks, you realize like, okay, wait, if I want, if I really like actively want everyone on my team to get better, I'm also going to get better because I have to get better in order to stay relevant, in order to stay competing or in lineups. And I think it's just a super cool transition that is kind of unique to our sport because some team, some sports are very team-based kind of your entire life. But because we have this transition, it makes it hard in the beginning, but it's also very, very rewarding. Absolutely. Well, who did you have as your role model growing up, you know, through your high school, your middle and high school club experience, but then also in college? Because a big reason why we created the platform at Voice and Sport is to connect incredible athletes with their role models so that they, you know, have somebody to talk to. Maybe they don't have a great team dynamic or a supportive coach. Mm -hmm. Then they can lean on the Voice and Sport community to have mentorship. So did you have that experience growing up, you know, with a mentor or a role model? And if so, what did you learn from that person? I'd say in terms of like role model from afar, I would say that's Gabby Douglas. So Gabby Douglas obviously won the Olympics and was the first African-American to do so. But she was like a role model that I might not have even like known that much about, but I just remember like being a young gymnast, watching her went on TV. She's obviously like so phenomenal and impressive to watch. And I think from then on, I just like loved following her career it was just super, super cool to just see someone that looks like myself do gymnastics. But obviously, like, she was a role model in the sense that, like, when she went to compete, I was her biggest fan and I was always watching. But in terms of, like, day-to-day, I'd say my role model or more so my mentor was just my head coach. His name is Nick Becker, and he's coached me since I was seven. So he coached me from the age of seven to 17. And I think because of the fact that we're practicing gymnastics around 20 hours a week, like, I know him extremely well he knows me every very very well and he started to get to know like my personality and like oh when I was stressed like we would unpack it and I think he just ended up being someone that I could go to for anything and everything like my parents are obviously like my day-to-day role models and mentors because I go to them like over anything like to this day like I'm a college student and I'll still call my mom like four times a day to ask the smallest question but I think Nick came in and was still like that second father And it was just a great relationship to have with a head coach. And it kind of also, he's probably someone who I learned the most about leadership from because I found him a really good and motivational leader. He always was challenging me to do better. And if he asked me like, oh, like how well do you think you can get 
at nationals like how high do you think you can play so like oh you know like I'll go like top five and he's like no you can win like you can win you like you have the capabilities to do so and I think him consistently telling me these things helped obviously one increase my confidence but then it also just helped me be more aware about like what I can do but also what other people can do so I when I see other people who are struggling with something I'm like no like you can also really do this and I want to be kind of that voice for teammates and just people that I interact with. I love that. Well, mentorship is so important. We think it's like really, really important to see yourself in sport, see yourself reflected in sport, but also have those tangible conversations with people that you feel like are actually going to support you. And it's awesome that you had that. Not everybody has that in a coach. And so what, what advice do you have to the young girls who feel like they're stuck in, a, in an unhealthy relationship with a coach and they don't know what to do? What advice would you have for them? Yeah, I would say as hard as it is, try to find somebody else where you can voice your concerns to. So whether that be like if there's other teammates and they're kind of on the same page that like this one specific coach is unhealthy or they're not creating a good atmosphere, sometimes it just takes a conversation with the coach. Like I have started to learn this as I grow up. Like some coaches are actually so passionate about a sport that it actually comes off a different way where it comes off like they're pushy. They're not listening to me. Like they're, they get frustrated super easily, but sometimes it's like they want you to do so well that they kind of lose the fact that like you're a person, your feelings matter, like your experience should be positive as a whole. So I think that's one thing is just kind of just test it and see how other people are feeling too, because if it is a group conversation, I think that can be super productive. On the other hand too, like when you are a young athlete, your parents are kind of the ones who can help you kind of navigate those decisions. Like for gymnastics, a lot of times if there's like a coach misalignment, you might go and switch gyms. And it can be very intimidating because the coach is the reason that you're leaving and it's not necessarily your teammates. So it can be super hard to step away from teammates that you have known for years, that you've grown up with. But sometimes you do find that when you leave, you are you grow so much more in different environments. Like your athleticism and how well you're performing can really take off if you're with somebody who is building you up rather than tearing you down. So I would say I suggest just being open to the fact that it might be beneficial for you to leave and get training elsewhere, even though it's super intimidating. Cause I know I'm someone I'm, I get, when I'm like comfortable, I'm super comfortable. I don't want change, like love the people I'm surrounded with. And I get super used to them where when I'm in situations that might not necessarily be the best, I really try to avoid leaving them, but it can be really beneficial, even though it's intimidating. Absolutely. Well, it's so important. That's why a big reason why we call ourselves voice in sports. We want every young, every young girl out there to use their voice and to speak up. And that might mean a small conversation with a teammate or your parents or a coach or anybody that would listen and, and be there to offer support. So definitely think it's important to speak up if you guys see something that isn't right. But for you, you it, it sounds like things were working out pretty well because you got to college and then as a freshman, you were named Big Ten Freshman of the Year and Rookie of the Year at University of Michigan. So the next year after that, you were Big Ten Gymnast of the Year and you were part of the NCAA championship winning squad. So such an incredible accomplishment very early on. You know, even sometimes you don't hit your stride until your senior year or something like that in sports yeah. and college. So you stepped into a lot of leadership positions, though during your time on the team. And I want to talk about what leadership really means to you on a team. Mm -hmm. How does it, you know, how do you show up? What is your leadership style? And were you always a leader on the team? Is it something that you grew into? I'd say I'm one of those people who tends to gravitate towards leadership positions. And I think it's 
more so I just get excited about being able to help people and about being a resource to people. I think I've been in situations where I'm not necessarily led by the best leadership. And I think I always learn a lot from there. So like I said, like in club, my coach was a phenomenal leader, but like in terms of girls on the team, there wasn't, at least early on in my career, there wasn't anyone for me to look towards to, to just learn from. Like there were people who are older than me, but sometimes older doesn't equate to being a good leader or being someone who knows that much just because it depends on what your experiences are and kind of what your mindset is. But yeah, I think I just learned from having the lack of leadership at times from more so like teammates, not necessarily like coaches and staff, that it really just helped me have that desire to be a leader for other people. So the way I really approach leadership, I'm not necessarily like the loudest person in the room or the one who's going to be like yelling and bringing the energy. I think I'm a very, very like even keeled person. Like people know what to expect from me. And I think that can be really positive as a leader because it's like there's stability when things are changing all the time. Like you have that one person to come to and you know what they're going to say. You know, if you bring something to them, you know, they're not going to like lose their mind because they're just pretty calm. And just like I said, like you know what to expect. But yeah, in terms of leadership, I really just try to be that reliable, responsible person for people. And I just want everyone to be confident and feel their best. Like if something's going on, I want to know what's going on. And I want to really try to help you navigate the situation because it's going to make everyone's lives easier. If you're overwhelmed and you come to us and we figure it out pretty quickly, I think it just makes the team better because obviously like when there's less drama on the team and like just less hiccups, everyone feels better and they can all commit to the sport and practice versus having all these like external factors that kind of deviate away and take away from what you're trying to do. So yeah, I really just gravitate towards those leadership positions because I just want people to be in a better space and feel like they have consistency in the day to day. I'm also just someone who's very like type A and loves structure and logistics and organizing. And sometimes you just need a leader who will get those things going. So that's also why I fall into those types of positions. Thank you for listening to the Voice in Sport podcast. My name is Elizabeth Martin, a soccer player at Emory University and producer of this week's episode. If you enjoy hearing from Sierra Brooks and would like to get the chance to talk to athletes like her, go to voiceinsport.com join to sign up for a free membership and gain access to exclusive episodes, mentorship sessions, and other weekly content. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Voice in Sport. Now let's get back to the episode. Well, you know, I think one of the things we always try to talk about at Voice in Sport is just like how important it is to use your voice to have conversations around topics like body image and confidence and and things that you know I think as as women athletes are sometimes faced with because society has a, a certain view of what beauty looks like and then we come in as these fierce like strong incredible women and might not fit the mold of what the media is kind of throwing back at us as like the ideal, which we're trying to crush all of that (laughs) at Voice in Sport. But, you know, it's hard because social media is so prevalent in young girls' lives and it can really take people down a really bad place. So, you know, what are the conversations that you have with your teammates around body image and confidence? And like, what can you learn from that? Like those conversations you have had with other women on your team that we can share with other young women that might be struggling out there? Because it is it is so important to kind of have that confidence and love for your body, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in a sport, especially when you're in a sport like gymnastics, where you have like, you know, it is in some ways judged by the aesthetics of your style of how you look. And so how have you dealt with that? How have you and your teammates dealt with that? 
I think one thing that we tried to advocate for is just, you know, when you feel, feel your best, like it's not a number on a scale. It's not like how, when somebody goes to take a picture of you, what it looks like, like you personally know, like I can tell you, like given a certain, certain week or something, I'm like, okay, like feeling really good this week, but then I'll have another week where I'm like, okay, like I probably need to pay attention to what I'm doing or just be more intentional with not necessarily like what I'm eating, but truly just like what your healthy habits are. Like, am I getting enough sleep? Am I drinking enough water? Am I eating enough? And I think that's just kind of the mindset that we have as leaders. We don't avoid the topic, but I'd say we also try not to bring attention to it. Like, I don't think it's beneficial to always have conversations about what your body looks like or what it feels like or like how much you weigh, because then people do start to pay more attention to it. And more times than not, that can kind of stray into negative thoughts about it, not necessarily positive. So we definitely just obviously try to bring it in where it's like, you know, when you feel your best, everyone is the best person to ask in terms of like how you're feeling. It's not a coach. It's not even like a dietitian or anyone like that who should be able to point out and be like, okay, wait, wait, like you need to eat more. You need to do this. Like people know when they feel their best. And it's also important to just like use the resources around you. Like at Michigan, we have so many resources. We have dietitians. We have people to talk to like athletic counseling about literally anything, like not even athletics. You can go to them basically like as therapists. And a lot of times that can help people on our team just navigate different situations that they're in because as student athletes, you do have a lot of pressure. Like there's athletic pressure, there's academic pressure. There's so much personal stuff that goes on behind the scenes too, that a lot of people who are on the outside disregard because it's like, no, you have athletics and you have academics, but no, it's like, I also have a family at home. I also have all these like intricate relationships with all the people here that I go to school with. And it can just be a lot. So when it comes down to body image, that's just another thing that goes on top of it. Like when we go on social media, that can even be indirect pressure, just seeing how somebody else looks. So we really try to advocate for reaching out to people when you need help and you can lean to your teammates first for that or whoever you're most comfortable with, but also just, you know, when you feel your best and if you do feel that something's not okay or something's off, like everyone is an open ear. I love that. Well, we're, we're doing a series right now on suicide prevention on Voice and Sport for the month yeah. of September. And this is one of the topics that we were, we were talking about is it's so important to talk about mental health. And there's still a stigma about talking about mental health and going to see a therapist. It has gotten so much better than it was 20 years ago when I was in sports and in college playing Division One yeah. soccer. That was like a dirty word then. And now it's like yeah. it's accepted. But I, I guess just from, from your perspective, I would really love to hear what, what would you like to say to other young girls out there that might be still hesitant to ask for help or go see a therapist or a sports psychologist? What would you want to tell them? You know, now that you have been like yourself, you're a successful, one of the best gymnasts in college. What would you want to whisper to them about the subject? Yeah. I think the first thing would just be like more people use therapy or athletic counseling or performance counseling than you think. Like no one really goes on Instagram and is like, oh, I had like I had a session this morning for an hour where we talked about this and all of that. So you don't think it happens that often, but it really happens a lot more frequently than you think. Like you take my team, for example, whenever we have somebody come in, say it's a freshman and they're thinking about going to athletic counseling, it's like, oh, I see this person and I see this person and like, oh, they helped me when this was going on. And it's just a super positive conversation. There's no stigma around it. And I think it's super productive for us. But like there's 15 of us. It's obviously like a place where the culture's strong. Everyone's very comfortable about talking about it. But if you're in a position where you're hesitant, I say just make that take that first step, like whatever it is, if you need to 
talk to your parents about it, about the possibility of you sitting down with somebody and you think it's really beneficial, like have that conversation with them. And then even after that, like schedule that first meeting, just don't wait for things to get better. Because I think a lot of times you have an issue come up, it's taking up all of your headspace. It's kind of disturbing your peace, but you're like, oh, like it's going to blow away in like two weeks. Like it's going to get better. And a lot of times it does get better, but it's not completely eradicated or it can come back. And I think just even having one conversation with somebody can be so productive. Like I have sat down with our athletic counseling with yes, athletic related stuff, but also just like personal life with like other people on this campus. Like I just sit down and it's like, okay, like I'm overwhelmed. There's a lot going on. Like, please just listen to me as I like dump this all on you. And sometimes that's so great. And I encourage you to sit down with somebody else because like I said, yes, you have your teammates. Yes, you have coaches. But when you talk to people who are really experienced in this, they can talk to you about like, what's going to be best for you? Like, what are the next steps that you need to take? And it's just really productive for everyone that I know who has gone and done that because they're going to give you concrete steps. Whereas like, if I had a teammate come tell me all these things, like I can give them my best guess on like, what's going to be really good. But sometimes when you talk to these experts, it's really going to get you there and also be preventative too. So if you have an issue, and like I said, you're hoping two weeks from now, it's going to go away, might go away, but it also might come back. And if you talk to somebody, you might find out like, what's the best way to navigate the situation if it does come back so that it doesn't take two weeks so that it takes maybe one week for you to feel better and be in a better headspace. To continue listening to this podcast, please go to voiceinsport.com and sign up for free. Sierra goes on to talk about her professional experiences and the ways that she navigates creating her own brand. Make sure you're confident about what you're representing. You want it to be really in alignment with who you are as a person. Sierra also discusses how we can improve our athletic environments through our relationships. Really have confidence in yourself and put yourself in environments where you feel your best. And she wraps up with incredible advice on understanding, identifying, and applying our own unique leadership styles. If you try to force somebody else's leadership style on your own, it isn't as effective because it's just not who you are as a person. Head to minute number 32 to get started on voiceandsport.com. This week's episode was produced and edited by Viz creator Elizabeth Martin, a soccer player at Emory University. We so much appreciate that Sierra shared her story with us today and cannot wait to see what she will achieve in gymnastics and beyond into the professional world. You can follow Sierra on Instagram at Sierra B. Brooks. Please subscribe to the Voice and Sport podcast. Give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and send this episode to a friend that you think might enjoy the conversation. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Voice and Sport. If you're interested in joining our community, sign up for free at voiceandsport.com to get started. When you join Voice and Sport, you can gain access to our exclusive content and podcasts, mentorship sessions from professional athletes, and access to the top biz experts in sports psychology and nutrition. If you're interested in more crossover conversations between athletics and business, you might also want to check out our other episodes featuring pro athlete from the NWSL, Jasmine Spencer. See you next week on the Voice and Sport podcast.